0: This is how we win, by lifting your name up, by invoking your name, God, by declaring your word, by declaring your promises. And so we say in the name of Jesus, every attack of the enemy, every lie that has hit our head, Lord, every, every, uh, every, every attack that has hit our heart that has tried to bring discouragement and defeat and death, in the name of Jesus, we condemn those, those attacks in the name of Jesus, we say that we're more than conquerors. In the name of Jesus, we say that we're healthy. In the name of Jesus, we say that we're whole. In the name of Jesus, when, when darkness surrounds us, when, when death seems to surround us, when it seems like all hope is lost, we say that we have a living God who fights our battles, who goes before us, and who goes behind us and hedges us in, and protects us, and makes us victorious. And so right now, in the name of Jesus, we receive our victory. Come on, church, right where you are receive your victory right now, receive all that God has for you. The bank account may be saying one thing, but God says another. He says that he supplies all of our need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. The doctors may say, the news reports may say that there's sickness and disease all around, but my God and his word says that no sickness, no disease can come near our dwelling place because we've made God our habitation, God our dwelling place. And right now, in whatever storm we're facing, in whatever situation is confronting us, oh God, come and be our protection. Come and be our covering. Come and be our victory in the name of Jesus. If you agree with that, if that's you, come on, say amen. Give God some praise right now. Well, welcome. So glad to be with you today. I have a word from us. We've been in this series called The Rebirth, and God is doing a work in our church. He's doing a work in us individually. And we're going to jump right into it right now. Last week, we read the scripture, and I just want to read it again. It's Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And it says this, talking about the early church, talking about those that believed. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread in prayers. Let me just say that again. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' Doctrine, the number one thing, the first thing that the Bible records about the early church, about these, these new believers, is that they stuck to, they they persevered with, they held on to, re- regardless of the situations that they were facing, regardless of the reports, regardless of threats that were even coming at them, regardless of fears and concerns, re- regardless, the Bible says that, that they continued steadfastly, in other words, they persevered, they pressed through, they held on tightly to the apostles' doctrine. What what is that? To the leaders, to these apostles, the sent ones, the leaders of the church, to their teachings. And that's what God really is calling us to. You know, we've we've talked about being a people of love, being a a people of prayer, and allowing God and his word and the Holy Spirit to to wash us, to cleanse us, to shape us, to develop us, to redevelop us into the church into the the men and the women and the people of God that he wants us to be. I believe for his, his soon and come and return, you know, every generation has probably said this, you know, that God is coming back soon, and it's because he is. We don't know the day or the hour, but God is constantly trying to shape us to be ready for him, for a visitation from him. To, to, to be in heaven for his return back to earth, for his full resetting of, of all things. I and mean, God is, is trying, I believe, and calling the church, calling us for sure, the Rock Kalamazoo, calling us to reshape because there's some things that he wants to do in us and through us. He wants to do it in our families. He wants to do it in us individually, and he wants to do it corporately, and I believe he wants to do it in our cities. He wants to do it in our county. I I believe with all my heart, and he's telling us this morning, he's saying, if you're going to really be the the people that I want you to be, if you're really going to be all that I've called you to be, if, if you're really going to do that, we have to be committed to the apostle's doctrine. In other words, we have to be committed to the word of God. We have to be People of the Word. You know, a marker of the early church was for people to persevere with the teaching of God's Word, for us to stick with the Word even when it confronts our previous ideologies, even when it confronts our own personal worldviews, even when it confronts our political stances, even when it confronts our own selfish, our own desires and ambitions. We have to be people that say, you know what, the word of God is what's absolute in my life. The word of God is what I'm sticking to. Even when fear is all around us, even when death seems to be all around us, even when all of the reports that we listen to are negative, what is God saying? The Bible says that, that these people in the early church, so they continued steadfastly. In the apostles' doctrine, you know, we're, we're, we hear things in the world right now. We hear all kinds of reports. We hear all kinds of doctrine. You know, what, what doctrine really is, it's teachings. We're hearing teachings constantly in the world right now. And the, the question is, which teachings are we going to listen to? Which teachings are we going to hold fast to? Which word are we going to hold fast to? What are we going to do? You know we we live in this society right now, and 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 we we keep hearing this this phrase, "I can't breathe." And let me just take a moment here. I, I, let me let me let me say this. I I don't want to keep talking about this, but it keeps coming up in my heart because I don't think that we all fully get it right now. But I believe that that God wants to 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 take the axe to the root, in a sense. I don't want to 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 go after these issues of injustice or prejudice or racism or, or, or sexism or any of these other things that are happening in our world. I don't want to go after just the branches, just the fruit of it. I want to go after the root. It's got to be smashed and killed once and for all. But we hear this phrase, I can't breathe. We've, we've heard it with George Floyd, with the murder of George Floyd and, and, and what happened there, that the, 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 the sadness in there of hearing a man on his belly, crying out for his mom, crying out for his kids and saying, I can't breathe. And then you, you hear of these hospital workers saying that they're hearing people as they're gasping there for last breath because of a disease called COVID-19. They, that that they're, they're crying out and they're on these respirators and you're hearing the same thing, I can't breathe. Listen, let me, let me tell you what I believe is happening. I believe that something's going on. In our world, and 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 there's a there's a breath that the enemy is trying to snuff out. The enemy is trying to kill people. The Bible says that Jesus said that, that, that Satan only comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I believe that he's he's trying to destroy people. He's trying to divide. He's trying to take out people groups. He's he's, he's trying to take out uh, generations. He's trying to destroy right now. And you're hearing out of out of our own mouths. You're hearing. People say, I can't breathe, but, but I'm so excited to tell you that God has come to give us breath. And so when we're talking about the doctrine, the apostles' teaching, we're really talking about sticking. I, I believe we could say it almost like this. We're, we're going after God's breath. And let me, let me show you this. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says this. Paul's speaking, and he says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Let me say that again. All scripture is breathed out by God. All scripture is breathed out by God. Another translation says that it's all, all scripture is, in, is inspired by God. But, but literally, the, the translation is, is it's to be breathed out by God. You know, when, when God first made man, and you see it in the garden. The Bible says that he breathed into Adam. He, he breathed into him. We, you know, when, when, when the believers, uh, when, when, when believers were, were born again, when people were born again, it, it says in, when, in the account when Jesus is speaking to them after, after he was resurrected and he's meeting with the apostles that he breathed on them. And he, that this, is, this is the creation. This is God giving life, God giving life at, at the very beginning of, of mankind, and, and then Jesus is coming in and he's giving life at the beginning of the church, at, at this new creation you can say. And, and the word says that, that all scripture, the word of God, is breathed by God. Listen, God has been trying to get his breath to us this whole time, and here we in the world, we're hearing people say all over, I can't breathe. And yes, we need some reform. Yes, we need to talk through things. People need to change their ways. But, but let me just tell you this. Christianity, the church, God is not just about behavior modification. He's about heart transformation. And that's what I'm about. This is putting the, 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 the axe to the root. I, I don't want us to just be a people, and I don't believe that God wants us to just be a people that have learned how to hold their tongue. That have learned how to not say certain things around certain people, but in the privacy of our own homes, we spew all kinds of junk out or we think a certain way on the inside. So we're not really changed. We're not really different from this world. Like, like a few weeks ago, right, we, we talked about how will they know us? by how we love each other, by how we demonstrate, but, but it's got to be in us. We have to truly love people. We need a real heart transformation to see that, that all people are created equal. We need to see that men and women alike bring gifts to one another, that each ethnic group, each race, we bring gifts to one another. Our diversity is, is a blessing. It's not a curse. The enemy wants us to think that it's a curse. That's what the enemy wants us to do. He wants us to be divided. And let me just say, as a church, we have to be united. That's why it says that the early church, they all, all the believers, continued steadfastly in the same things, in the apostles' doctrine. In other words, in the, in the breath of God, in the word of God, in the God-breathed scriptures. We have to be people of the word. So 2 Timothy 3.16, let me read it again. It says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Listen, the Bible, the word of God is not just someone's opinion on how to live. When, when we get up here to, to preach and we're breaking open the scriptures, when I'm, when I'm doing this, listen, I'm not just giving you my opinion. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing just the word, and I'm saying this is what it says. Will we receive it is the question. Will we take it? Will we continue in it even when it confronts our own ideologies, even when it confronts our worldviews, and our worldviews have not been shaped by God's word possibly? Will we allow God to breathe on us? to give us fresh air, to give us fresh life, to give us fresh breath when we are receiving the Scripture, when we're receiving the Word of God, when, we're, when it's being taught to us, will we receive God's life coming to us? When, 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 when we do that, it puts us in a posture of true change, of true transformation, of, of true development. Listen, the, the Word of God is literally God's Word's. He he inspired by his Holy Spirit men on this earth to to write his words, his utterance. He spoke and they wrote. He spoke and they wrote. And that's what we're receiving. That's what God has called us to. And he's calling us to. And he's saying, be committed to my word. Be committed to what I say. Listen, the world is changing constantly. (laughs) The world is constantly changing. Definitions are changing. Laws are being passed. And if we're not careful, we'll just go with the way of the world and we'll slowly drift away from the constant, from the truth, from God's word. And he wants us to be set on solid ground. He wants us to 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 not be movable. He wants us to be not not shakable. He wants us to be steady. He wants us to be the same. You know, the Bible says that God changes not that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And, and you, you know how a, a person is based off of their words, right? The, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, that, that, that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so whatever's coming out of your mouth, that's actually what you believe. That's actually what you think. That's a hard thing to swallow sometimes because sometimes what comes out of our mouth, we wish we didn't say it. And, and even right now, you, you hear different people coming out and apologizing for saying things, and they're trying to say stuff, and, 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 and you just realize, oh, man, we're all messed up. We, none of us have it right. None of us have it all straight down, but, but that's why we've got to get into the word. We have to allow the word to shape us and not try to shape the word. That's why we have to put some other things down like CNN and MSNBC and Fox News and, you know, whatever else is coming at us with their own perspectives, their own doctrines, their own teachings, and get the word in us and say, God, what are you saying about these issues of the day? How do you say to live? What's your standards of morality? What is righteousness? What is justice? What is truth? What is love? And allow God's word, his, his breath, his words to come and shape us and bring new life into us. You know, if we're, if, if we're not in the word constantly, if we don't a- allow ourselves and make a decision to be people of the word that stick to the word, we will be swayed all over the place. You know, Jesus said this in John chapter 10, verse 4. He says, and when he brings, talking about a good shepherd, he said, when, when this good shepherd brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. You know what Jesus is talking about here is, is he's talking about really the fact that he's the good shepherd. And he's he's letting us know I'm the one that that leads I'm the one that protects I'm the one that cares for I'm I'm the one that's bringing you into good pastures I'm the one that's bringing you into the the life that that you that you've wanted and that you that you've, you 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 need that you desire I'm the one that's bringing wholeness to your life and I'm the shepherd you have to follow me and and we're the sheep and Jesus is the shepherd and he's saying my sheep. Know my voice. They, they know the good shepherd's voice. And, 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 and when, when, when he brings his sheep out, when he's leading them and he speaks, they know his voice. And then it says this in verse 5, but, but they won't follow a stranger. They'll flee from the stranger. They understand the difference between their good shepherd's voice and, and a stranger's voice, though that stranger may try to act like a shepherd, not their shepherd, not the good shepherd. In other words, it's not, not really God, not really Jesus it says, for they don't know the voice of strangers. Let me ask you something, and this is just a personal inventory that we all need to take. Is, is Jesus a stranger to you? Or is he your shepherd? Do you know the voice of God? Do you know when he's speaking? You know, how, how, do you, how do you know someone's voice? How do you know when they're speaking? Is it by them introducing themselves to you every time you talk? No. You get familiar over time and repetition you know with with my wife and and with even with other friends and such but but you know with my wife i don't need caller id to know when she's talking to me when she calls me on the phone i don't need the caller id because she just says hey there's a certain tone to her voice there's a certain way that she speaks to me and and i've learned over time how she speaks i've learned over time when she's serious and when she's when she's when she's joking around. I've learned when when she's very strong about an opinion or, or when she's not super strong. I've, I've learned, and I I've, and I've still am learning, by the way, still growing in this, by the way, but I've learned her voice, and she's learned mine. It's the same thing with God. It's the same thing with the Holy Spirit, that we, when we're in fellowship with him, when we're sticking, when we're staying, continuing steadfast into his word, we begin to discern his voice, and then when another voice comes It may sound similar. They may say some of the same words, but you know it's not God. Why? Because that's a stranger's voice. I know the voice of my shepherd. I know the voice of my Jesus. You know, especially in this day that we're living in, we need to know the voice of Jesus, the voice of God. What is he saying? And what has he said? What is he saying about these issues in the world? Do we take, really, the commentators, the opinion makers, do we do we take their word for it and their doctrine, based off of what they're saying? You know, I, I I've heard this term data and science. Yeah, I'm all for data and I'm all for science. Believe me, I I I I I want it. I want to see the facts. I'm I'm a metrics person. I want to see the metrics of, of things. But when I go and I, and I hear one person give me one set of metrics and another person give me a different set of metrics. And based off their ideologies or their political views or their network that they're speaking on, I hear two different sets of facts. But yet we're told, follow the data, follow the science, and everyone's saying that they're seeing something different. So we have to know what is truth. We cannot live our life based off everyone's opinions. We have to live our life based off of the word of God. We have to do that. We have to be people of the word. We have to be, be people that, that follow the words of Jesus, that listen to him. The truth and standards that we live by cannot be based on emotion. It's so easy for us to be swayed. You know, the Bible says this, though, that, that the, the heart is deceitful above all else, that we can't trust the heart. You know, in fact, the Bible even says that the heart condemns you, yet Jesus says that there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. So how in the world does my heart condemn me if I mess up, if I commit a sin, but God says that, his word says that, that, that there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. What do we do there? Do we listen to our emotions? Do we listen to our feelings? Or do we listen to the word of God that is true, that does not change? See, Jesus said that heaven and earth may pass away, but, but his word. Won't. His word will stick. His word will, will stay. Every, in other words, everything else may shift. Everything else, culture shift, over times, things shift, our opinions shift based off of our experiences, our, our, our perspectives shift, our worldviews shift, and, 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 and we need something that's solid that does not shift based off of what's going on in the world, but it's always the same. It's, it's constant, and that's the word of God. We have to be people of the word. We can't live and make decisions solely based off of opinion or based off of emotions, based off even our own wants and desires. We have to be people that are clinging to the voice of God, opening ourselves up to, you could say, to the breath of God, to the God-breathed scriptures. So we've got to be people of the word. So there's a few points that I want to give us right now. And the number one point, being people of the word, is we have to commit to to devote ourselves to the teaching of God's word. Devote yourself to the teachings of God's word, to the right teachings. I want to read Acts 2.42 again in the NLT this time. It says, all the believers devoted themselves. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Listen, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word, the Bible says. But it goes on to say, this is in Romans, it says, but how will they hear without a preacher? There's got to be someone that comes and brings the word and preaches, gives utterance, right? The the rhema, it's the utterance of the logos, of the written word, the utterance of it. In other words, there's got to be breath on it. You know, when, when I'm coming to preach, I'm asking the Holy Spirit, God, breathe on this, speak through me. You're going to use me, you're going to use my tongue, you're going to use my personality and all that, but God, I don't want it to be my own opinion. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to inspire this message, to breathe on it so that we can all receive life. It's not just so that I can convince you to live a certain way. No, 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 no. I'm I'm asking God, and we ask the Holy Spirit, that whenever we come to the word, God, breathe on this. Speak to us and give us life. Point us in in the way of life, not into the way of destruction. And so often we, we think that we're hearing uh, doctrine, we're hearing teachings, or we're, we're hearing a way to go, and we think that, that it's the way to life, and really it's the way to destruction, and, and the reason is because it's not founded on the word of God, the one true thing. You know, um, we, 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 have to, we have to realize that this, this word, the word, the Bible says, is, is living, and it's powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it, it's, it's so sharp that it divides the soul from the spirit. You know, your soul, your personality, your, your own will, your own thoughts, your emotions, and the spirit. And sometimes the spirit and the soul, they can seem to be intertwined, and it's hard to recognize. Is that my, my feelings? Is that my emotions? Is that just my own thought? Or is that, is that the Holy Spirit? And so when we bring the word into it, it begins to divide and show us clearly what's me and what's God. What's me and what's the Holy Spirit. See, when we're born again, we, our, our spirits are renewed, they're regenerated, and we have the Holy Spirit in us leading and directing. Our spirits become connected to the Holy Spirit, and, and now, we're, 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 now our spirit is out in front leading, and sometimes the soul just wants to take over. You know, when, when you see horrible things on the news, when you hear about fear and panic and you hear about all these, all the calamity that could possibly come, your soul wants to get out in front and start to make all the decisions and start to panic or start to get angry or start to get defensive or, you know, whatever it is. And we need our spirits to guide us. And the only way that our spirit is going to be guided by the Holy Spirit is if we keep the spirit in front of the soul, we keep the word in there to divide so that we know how to think, so that we can bring our emotions in check. We can bring our feelings in check. We can bring our own thoughts, our own, our own opinions in check. We, we, have to, we have to make this decision to devote ourselves to the word of God, not to our own thoughts, not to our own feelings. That's a hard thing to do. This is confrontive. But we have to make a decision to, to be willing to, to, to be confronted and, and, and to shift. You know, the Bible says that the word brings light to us. That the word of God, it, it really, it actually opens, opens up the, the path to us. That, we, that we're able to see clearly what direction we should go. What road we need to take. Our footsteps. And sometimes he gives us the long view and sometimes he gives us just the short view. But the word of God, as we're in the word, as we're hearing the word, as we're allowing the word to wash us and renew our mind. The Bible says that as we do that, that we'll know exactly how to move forward. We'll know exactly how to think. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, Paul speaking, and he says this. He says, speaking of, speaking of, of Jesus and, and what he's done for the church, he says that he himself, speaking of Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And then he goes on in verse 14. He says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things to him who is the head, Christ. Let me, let me break this down for you. So Paul is saying, hey, for the, for the church, Jesus gave a gift to the church. He gave some people to serve the church, to serve the people of God, and they're called apostles, prophets, evangelists, Pastors and teachers. And this is why Jesus gave these people, these people that operate in this what we call the fivefold ministry, why he gave them to the church. And it's it's so that we can be taught properly and not be like little kids tossed to and fro, moved all around and carried all over the place. By every wind of doctrine, in other words, by every kind of teaching that comes along, every kind of way of thinking that comes along. And, and these every wind of doctrines is, is by the trickery of men. People are trying to trick. You know, there's, there's people that are they're trying, they have their own agendas, and they're trying to, to move people in a way that benefits them. And so there's a trickery of men at times. In the cunning of craftiness, of deceitful plotting. In, 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 a, in other words, there, there's, there's lies that are constantly coming, and they're coming in the form of doctrine, they're coming in the form of teaching, and they come from all over the place. And, and the Bible says we 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 have to, to keep ourselves devoted and, and committed to hearing the proper teaching of the word of God, not just someone's opinion, not just someone's emotions coming out. Though those do come in, but listen, when my emotions don't, line up with the word of God, I have to make a decision. Will I follow my emotions or will I follow the word? Will I follow my emotions or will I follow the word? There's so many voices today, so many voices, some in our own home, some within our own family units, some on the news, some on Facebook, some on Instagram. And if we're not careful, we'll just follow right along with those different voices, and we don't even realize that we're following the voices of strangers. We're getting caught up, getting into arguments with strangers. Makes no sense. Why, why do that when we already know that it's not true? We, we need to know the voice of God. We need to be committed to devoting ourselves to the, to the word of God. The body, listen, the body of Christ is desperate for the breath of God, desperate for the word of God, and we don't even know it at the time. We're desperate. I'm desperate for what he's saying. I'm desperate to know every day I'm crying out to God, and I'm saying, God, what are you saying? What are you doing? How do I posture myself? How do I lead my family? How do I, how do I talk to my friends? How do I lead our church right now in this season? There's so much noise. There's so many different voices. Listen, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 says this, it says, now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. That's scary right there. Listen, that in the latter times, we're in the latter times, okay? This was written uh, years ago, thousands of years ago, okay? And, 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 and the Bible's saying that in the latter times, in other words, when, when it's in, in the later days, when we're coming to a close of the end of this age, some will depart from the faith. Some believers, some people that, that, have, that have been in church, that, that have been a Christian, that have, have given their allegiance to Jesus, will depart from the faith. Why? Because they gave heed. In other words, they took to, they, they begin to listen more to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, teachings of demons. And, and I'm telling you just right now, that's happening in our world. There's teachings of demons. There's deceiving spirits that are going around, and they're speaking and if we're not careful to uphold the word of God in our life, to value the, what the word says above our own feelings, our own thoughts, then we'll, we'll end up being deceived. And, and, and my prayer for us is that none of us would depart from the faith, but all of us would, would devote ourselves, be rooted and grounded in the, what the word of God says, even when it hurts, even when it's hard. This takes humility. It takes a, a commitment, an intentional decision to devote ourselves to the word of whatever the word says. That's how we live. And it, it may cause people not to like me. It may cause some people to hate me. It may cause people to say some nasty things to me. It may cause people to come after me. But I have to be committed to the word of God. You know why? And, and, and here's why number two being a people of the word because the word brings life to us. We have to live off of the word. We have to recognize that the word of God is what brings life to us. Listen to this in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. It says, my son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. In other words, keep my word in your heart, what I've spoken in your heart. Why? Verse 2, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Jesus it says, but he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. This is Jesus speaking when he's in the wilderness and he's being tempted, and Satan comes and he and he says, If you're really the son of the son of God, then then take this stone and, and turn it into a loaf of bread. And and Jesus' response was not just his own opinion or his own thoughts. Jesus' response was the word of God. He said, It is written. He went back to the word. And this is what he said, the word says, man, people shall not live by bread alone. That's not what we're pursuing. That's not what we're going after. That's not the thing that drives us is food. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, it's this breath again. It's this utterance again. It's this life of God coming, his life coming to us to bring life to us. And Jesus is saying, we don't live by all this other stuff. We live by based off of what God is speaking, what he said. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22, it says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Listen, keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? For they are life to those who find them. What are? The word of God. The words of God are, are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. The word of God is life to us literally and it's health to our flesh literally. The word is living and powerful. The word is living and powerful. Jesus said that the that the words that he speaks that their spirit that they're living, they, they come to give life. You know, when when, when the creation of the world came, what, what, was, what created the world in, in, in the beginning, right? When you read Genesis, what created the world? Words. Whose words? God's words. He said, let there be, and there was. And everything that God said, let there be, was life. It, it was all for life. Either life literally, like, Animals come and plants come and humans. Well, humans he shaped with his hands. But but it was either life or life giving things. But it all had to do with life. God's words and the Bible is saying, "Give attention to my words." In other words, get, get close to my words. Devote yourself to my word. That's what God's. Devote yourself to the word. Why? Because it's what's going to give you life. It's what's going to sustain you. It's what's going to keep you in health. It's what's going to bring strength to you. It's what's going to bring health to you. So we have to, we have to live off of the word. Let that be our source. Let that be our source. Number three, consider what and how you listen to the word. Consider what and how you listen to the word. Listen to this. Jesus said this in Mark chapter 4, verse 24. He's speaking to his disciples, and he says, He says, take heed what you hear. In other words, pay attention to what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you, and and to you who hear, more will be given. You know, the question that we have to ask ourselves is, what are we listening to? What are we listening to? What are you spending your time listening to? What is it that you're listening to? Are you listening to the Word or are you listening to the news? Are you listening to the Word or are you listening to the gossip? Are you listening to the Word or are you listening to that podcast that has nothing to do with anything of life? What are you listening to? What are you listening to? What's your source of truth? What's your source of faith? What's your source of knowledge? What's your source of wisdom? And then in Luke chapter 8, verse 18, you know, he's, he's, it's really about around the same parable, the parable of the sower, and, and, and he's explaining it. But I think it's interesting that in, in one gospel, it's recorded, Jesus' response is recorded to his disciples talking about how we receive the word of God in our life. And he, in one gospel, in Mark, he, he says, pay attention to what you hear. But then in Luke here, he says, take heed to how you hear, not just what, but take heed to how you hear. For Whoever has, to him more will be given, and whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken from him. Take heed. In other words, pay attention. Consider what you're listening to, what you're hearing, but consider how you're hearing it. You know, if, if I come to church or if I'm listening to the word, but, but I have offense all up in my heart, my filter is all messed up. If everything I've been listening to and watching all week, is that's what's shaping how I'm receiving any truth, if that's, how, if that's what I'm coming to the Word, and, and it has to fit with my own thought process, with what everyone else is saying, it's all clouded, it's all muddy, and the truth of God's Word really won't get to where I need it to be. So, so the question is, how are you listening to the Word? What kind of heart posture do you have? You know, I've, I've, I've had to, over the, the last several weeks, Constantly when I come to the word, constantly when I hear preachers preach, when I hear sermons, when I'm listening to build my faith, I'll find myself having a hard time listening to some of the pastors because they're not saying what I want them to say. They're not satisfying my anger. They're not satisfying offense. They're not satisfying a grieving that I have, a sorrow that I have. They're, they're speaking maybe even on the same subject that I'm thinking about, that I'm concerned about, But they're bringing the word of God in such a way that it it doesn't just satisfy my offense. In other words, it doesn't grow my offense. It doesn't grow my anger. It doesn't grow my sorrow. It comes and it relieves my offense. It comes and relieves my anger. And it it even corrects (laughs) how I'm I'm approaching and how I'm processing the events of the day. And I've had to stop and realize my heart is hard. My, my, my filter is messed up, and I'm listening to the right thing, but the way I'm listening is wrong, and I've had to stop. And maybe some of you have to stop right now, right after this teaching, and repent and just say, God, cleanse my heart. Make my heart right. Give me a clean filter of my heart. That's why the Bible says to, to keep your heart with all diligence. Right after that, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22, when, when, when the, when, when the writer is speaking and, he, and he's saying, incline and keep my heart or keep my words in in your heart, pay attention, he goes on to say in verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. In other words, guard your heart, keep it protected. Why? Because there's going to be all this stuff that comes, and and it's going to try to get your emotions, it's going to try to get your thoughts all over the place. And out of it, the issues of life are going to spring. Out of the way your heart is, is really how you're going to posture yourself. You see people that walk around and they're just angry about everything. You can't satisfy them because you're not feeding the anger or you're not feeding the offense or you're not feeding the sadness. And we need to help people grieve and people need to go through a grieving process. But at some point, we have to open up to comfort. We have to open up to healing. We have to open up to forgiveness. We have to open up to Peace. We, we have to open up to the ways of God, the things that bring us life. So we have to consider what and how we're listening to the word of God. It's, it's really hard to, to stay devoted or, or to be a person of the word, to continue steadfast when, when we're not constantly allowing the word or doing certain things to, cl- to, to clean out the filter of our heart to clean out the filter of our ears to, so that we can hear properly and so that we can see properly. We have to make sure our filter is good as we hear the word. The way we hear the word determines our level of understanding and revelation of God's ways, of kingdom ways, the way that we hear it, the, the how we hear it. You know, listen to these messages more than just one time, right? He, Jesus, Jesus said that it's it, it the same measure that you use to here will be the same measure that you receive. In other words, the the size. See, I, I can I can take two scoops of something with the spoon, or I can take two scoops of something with the with the tractor, with the bulldozer, or whatever that thing is called. Right? And it's got a big old lip there, big old mouth, and, and I can take a massive scoop of dirt with two scoops and create a massive hole in a yard. And then I can can take a spoon from my kitchen and take two scoops, and I'm not going to receive the same amount of dirt. It's the same thing with the Word. What and how are we? What's the measurement? Are we allowing the Word to just feed us? Are we feeding on the Word and getting it over and over and over? There are messages that I listen to. There's a message that I'm listening to right now, and I've listened to it three times, three or four times this week, and I'm continuing to listen to it because it's bringing life. And you know what? Some of it is confrontational. And that's partly why I'm listening to it more, because I know that it's the word of God. It has got to shift my thinking. I have to shift my thinking so that I can receive the promises of the kingdom, so that I can walk in the fullness of what God has put out there for me to receive. So we have to adjust. We have to, we have to check our measurements. The same measure that you use will be the same measure that, that's used as, as a return for you. What measurement are we using? The way we hear determines our level of understanding and revelation of God's ways, of the kingdom ways. Listen, we have to listen to, we need to listen to other faith-building, accurate teachings from other preachers and teachers as well. Let me just say this, not all preachers, not all teachers are speaking just the word. Too many times, we as preachers and teachers will try to put our own opinions in it. I'm, I'm done with that. I won't do that. If I've ever done it in the past, I've repented of it. But I won't do it because it's not about my opinion. It's about what is God saying. It's not about my perspective. It's not about my worldview. What is God saying on the subject? What does God's word say on the matter? He changes not. He knew it was going to come. He knew that was going to happen, but what did he say about it? How did he say to overcome it? How did he say to defeat that issue? How did he say to eradicate that issue from your life? What did God say, Not not what does my emotion say? We need to read the Bible every day. That's how you get familiar with the voice of God is by reading the word allowing the word to read you in a sense but reading the word reading the word and allowing yourself to hear what god is saying in your spirit to see what he's said allow god to speak to you from his words listen parents it's the same thing for our kids you know as 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 a parent with with little kids and and readers young readers I'm constantly trying to figure out how do I help them develop this lifestyle because there's so much that they're even digesting. There, there's so much things that so many things that they're ingesting that are coming into them, and we've got to we've got to help them begin to learn how to navigate in this world. In 10 years, I'll have an 18-year-old. Yeah, in 10 years I'm gonna have an 18-year-old. And my my prayer is that in 10 years she knows how to walk in this world. She knows how to make decisions properly. She, she knows what's truth, regardless of what anyone else or, or anything else has to say. She knows it. And so we, we want to partner with our parents. And so we put together a, a, a kids' reading plan that, that's specifically for, for young readers, for kids, that they can every day be in the Word and right now begin to learn the voice of God for themselves. There's, uh, there's, there's nothing greater as a parent when I'm talking to my, to my kids and they begin to bring up the truths of the word to me. They begin to share their own revelations. When, when I get inspired, when my faith is built by my eight-year-old speaking about what she got from the word, oh, man, it, it, it makes a difference in my day. It brings so much joy to me into my day. But I, we want to partner with all of you parents to, to have the same thing happening with our kids. So we need to ask God to shape us by his word. We need to be people of the word, So let me just say these points real quick one more time. Number one, we need to devote yourself to the teaching of God's word. Number two, live off the word. Let it bring life to you. And number three, consider what and how you listen to the word. And so today, let's make a decision that we're going to be people of the word. Listen, we're going to be people of love. We're going to be people of, of prayer. And we're going to be people of the word. The Word is what guides us. The Word is what directs us. The Word is, is what shapes us. And so let's pray right now and ask God to give us the strength and, and to help us to, to really devote ourselves and to be people that are consistently in the Word, allowing the Word to shape us. So Father, we thank you for your Word today, for what you're speaking to us. You're, 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 you're talking to us about how to really how to walk this life, how to live with, on, a, on, a, on a real, true, strong, solid foundation. And so, Lord, I, I pray for all of us. We pray right now. We ask you to give us strength. Give us, give us the, the strength and the endurance to be in your word every day. Lord, not out of legalism, not to check off a box, but, God, to really fellowship with you, to really understand and know your word. And, and God, I pray and I, I just declare over our church family, over anyone that's watching and are listening to this right now, that, that as they are in the word, as they're, as they're reading your word, as they're listening to your word being preached, That in the name of Jesus, breakthrough will begin to take place in their life where maybe they've been stuck. Faith will be built. Truth will be realized. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I love you. Thank you so much for letting us be here.